With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Mike Pritchard alongside as well. So, second hour, we've got a lot to get to. Lufa DeCarlo is going to join us in about, what, have we got 30 minutes from now or so? Uh, talk a little mixed martial arts. Uh, keep in mind, the sport is mixed martial arts. UFC is actually the promotion that puts it together. So I love when people do that. Like, I love UFC. Like, well, it's, it's actually mixed martial arts is the sport. But regardless, we will talk about that. Curtis Blades at the top of the fight card this weekend. So we'll discuss that much more with Gamblue coming up. So let's put a bow on this. Uh, we were talking about your top 20 wide receiver rankings. Yep. We went 11 through 20. Did you have any final notes on 11 through 20 that you wanted to get out there to recap for anybody who uh, missed out in the first hour when we were discussing this 11 through 20? Adam Thielen, Mike, Pr- uh, Mike Pritchard, Michael Pittman, <laughs> DK Metcalf, who I'd assume took a little bit of a dip given yep. the quarterback situation there. Mm-hmm. Devonta Smith, Hunter Renfro, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, and Tyreek Hill. That would be 20 through 11 in that order. Yeah, no, I, I think there's some solid plays out there just based on my ranking in terms of uh, player props, uh, yeah. whether receiving yards total or touchdowns uh, within that group there, 11 through 20. Okay, so we move on. The top 10. Everybody wants to know who the 10 best wide receivers are. Everybody loves lists as well. So let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Number 10, according to Mike Pritchard, the 10th best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, T. Higgins. I mean, solid number two, but could be a number one on a lot of other teams. And I'm talking about playoff caliber teams. I mean, you put him on Kansas City, uh, he's a number one receiver. Yep. Right? You put him with Green Bay, he's a number one receiver. And those are playoff teams. Uh, you put him Baltimore. On, I mean, you Baltimore. Go down you go the list, yeah. you up and down the list. Put him out there with San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, so T. Higgins to me is is a number one guy who's a number two because of Jamar Chase, who's an elite player. But uh, I, I think for his player prop situation, a top ten receiver, seventy four receptions last year, a thousand ninety one yards, fourteen point seven yards per reception. Yeah. He's winning a lot of matchups out there, and and certainly being a, a consistent target, uh, six touchdowns too. You think about what Jamar Chase did last year, uh, and Boyd, throw Boyd in there as well, uh, and Burrow was sacked 51 times. Yep. Uh, so I, I think there's a tremendous amount of upside for T. Higgins, uh, who's in the prime of his career. I think CeeDee Lamb, wearing number 88, uh, comes in at number nine. Uh, when you wear number 88 with the Dallas Cowboys, you are the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's going to live up to that. Uh, he's not going to be primarily inside. I think they're going to move him around the formation. They run, run the football a little bit more, which certainly – hopes uh, that he's in one-on-one situations for CeeDee Lamb, too, and Dak Prescott 
Mike Williams, uh, I, I, I think the world of Justin Herbert uh, and the sky's limit for Mike Williams. Uh, he's, he's really uh, Mike Evans, really, if you think about it. Uh, but he's on, a, he's on the West Coast, and he's with that quarterback. So I like him in the top 10. Debo Samuel, of course, I'm going to have him high on this list, 18.2 yards per reception, yeah. JVT. And I think the misnomer uh, about Samuel is that that's going to take a hit uh, because he doesn't have Garoppolo. Garoppolo only threw for 3,800 yards. Right. But the offense is a run-oriented offense. It's a play-action offense. And when you're averaging 8.2 yards per reception, that play-action is really benefiting you. And I think from a quarterback standpoint, uh, a drop-back quarterback, yes, you have to have that precision and that rhythm and you have to be highly accurate. But in play-action, you know where you're going with the football. Right. You don't have to go through progression. And, and certainly if you can play out the play-action, uh, you know where you're going to go with that target. Debo Samuel can get open and get separation. Uh, I, I think it'll drop off, maybe not quite as high as 18.2 yards per reception, but even if it's 14 or 15 yards per reception, his opportunities are going to be plentiful. Well, let me ask you, so on, on Debo Samuel, as you pause there, first off, I, I am approaching the season, and I, I would assume that you make maybe you're approaching the same way, that – Trey Lance is the guy for San Francisco, right? right? So from week one and onward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while we don't know much about Trey Lance, and as a passer, he left a lot to be desired last year, that arm's still really live. Mm-hmm. And I would assume a quarterback with more athleticism like Lance as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo, with a guy like Kyle Shanahan, that opens up a lot more. Like your play-action bootlegs become deadlier right. if you're San Francisco because now there's the threat of we have to contain this guy as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo, not so much the case. And with a big arm like that, like you talked about per reception, maybe that drops a little bit, mm-hmm. but the big play opportunity for a guy like Samuel is also wide open now a little bit. More. Absolutely, because I think when you play with um, Jimmy Garoppolo, you probably have four eligibles that you're playing yeah. with. And that's max. Uh, you can get scat protection where you get to five eligibles but you're not going to do that that often because Jimmy Garoppolo can get in, injured and certainly you need to protect him. So if you're Kyle Shanahan calling plays, you're, you're working with three to four eligibles. Mm-hmm. With Trey Lance, he's going to be working with six. And that puts pressure on a defense because of the running ability of Trey Lance. What, 1,100 yards in college? Yeah. And so you can factor in the RPO, the play-action stuff. And if you're a defense and you have to defend the field against six eligibles, truly six eligibles, that's Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. That's Buffalo. That was uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, in, in that offense. So that's what I think San Francisco wants to get to with Kyle uh, calling plays for Trey Lance. And therefore, I think um, uh, Debo Samuel can have a tremendous year once he gets his money. Well, I was going to say really quick, because <laughs> it looks like they, I read a report the other day that maybe the 49ers are kind of set on letting him play it out. The rookie, like, mm. wh- how much does that hang over this? Because there was the trade demand right, right earlier in the offseason and everything like that is kind of this odd thing that's hanging over all of this. It's not even just Jimmy Garoppolo and the noise around there. The Debo Samuel thing has gone to the back burner, but this is dude still wants his money. Well, Garoppolo's point. money, uh, if it goes off the books from Garoppolo, then, okay, now you can pay Debo, right? And, and so, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, as a player, you want the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you'll figure out you, location. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll figure out location. And, uh, you, you know, you, for San Francisco, it can do certain things, you know, the franchise and all this, but that's not going to keep Debo happy. Uh, and I think if you want to win a Super Bowl, you have to have Debo being happy. I mean, he's an ultimate weapon. Mm-hmm. He is an ultimate weapon. And now you can play with six eligibles. Imagine that type of pressure uh, on a defense. Again, I think that's what uh, keeps uh, Kyle Shanahan pretty excited. Yep. All right. So Debo Samuel checking in at number seven. Walk us through the rest of the list here. Well, now we're into the elite category. And, yep. and that's certainly the top six. Um, you start with the stuff, Stephon Diggs, uh, 1,200 yards. You factor in weather if you want to, but that quarterback, Josh Allen, uh, I think uh, is incredible. Uh, 11.9 yards. I, I rounded it up for him, yeah. uh, factor in the weather. But, you know, you're talking about 10 touchdowns. 
Uh, you're talking about a guy who can win majority of his matchups, and then Mike Evans at number five because of Brady, but Mike Evans is a matchup nightmare. He's going to give you double-digit touchdowns, 14 of them, uh, last year. Uh, I think they're going to build on that, too, with Brady. And Jamar Chase, I mean, good Lord. How good yeah. is this guy? I keep talking about like these football players. It's kind of the same thing, but like, you know, in the NBA guys are cut, hitting the ground running in the association. Cause mm-hmm. these guys are playing their sports since they're like four, right? right? They, they're so well-trained and you've seen this now, especially with these young wide receivers, like they're coming into this league and you watch these guys better than I do. Mm-hmm. They're coming into this league and they're ready to go. Like from day one, we saw it with Jefferson. Now right. we see it with Jamar chase. It's incredible. Well, it's the tutelage. I mean, you think about, for instance, Utah, uh, their quarterback, his name is escaping me right now. But apparently he tore it up at the Peyton Manning camp. Yeah. Uh, and so now you got pro scouts salivating about this quarterback at Utah. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with wide receivers. I, I mean, uh, you have all these passing camps for these guys and they're working with pro athletes uh, well before high school. And so uh, Jamar Chase takes a year off, takes a year off. Cam Rising, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep an eye on him in terms of uh, making noise uh, for the NFL draft uh, because of what he did at the Peyton Manning camp. But um, Jamar Chase, whether it's him or Justin Jefferson, or the same team or whatever, uh, you, you look at the offenses, but you look at the ability. Uh, and Jamar Chase, from an ability standpoint, is just off the charts. 14.55 last year, averaging, uh, was it? I forgot what he averaged last year, but 13 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But his average per reception was elevated. Uh, it just was an incredible player last year uh, when you think about Jamar Chase. And then Justin Jefferson right in front of him. Uh, this offense, you think about Cooper Cup and what he was able to do. Uh, Justin Jefferson can play any position on the field, inside or out. I got Chase at 18. 18 yards yeah. per reception. Yeah. With those three guys, I mean, yep. think about that, right? And so uh, Justin Jefferson is another player that's going to benefit. I, I think his numbers could be through the roof. Uh, Devontae Adams teams back up with uh, Derek Carr from college. I watched that combination. I called games for that combination, in fact. Is that something that's really – I know we bring that up a lot. Is that really something that's still going to be there after all this time? I think the comfort level will be there. Okay. Like, yeah. if you're Derek Carr and you know and you have absolute confidence and comfort with Devontae Adams and he's covered, you're still going to throw him the ball. Yeah. Uh, and that's what separates the elite quarterbacks, too. Like – when you see a back shoulder throw 40 yards down the field, you know that your player can adjust to it. Or, right. or if you see a play across the middle and it's triple coverage, well, I'm going to put it in a spot where I know my guy can go get it. Mm-hmm. That should help Derek Carr evolve even better or, or be a better quarterback, I would think. And then Cooper Cup, I mean, there's no denying that he's the best receiver in the league right now. Uh, in the Super Bowl, everybody knew the ball was going to him and they couldn't stop him. Yeah. See, that's the epitome of being that playmaker, that ultimate playmaker, that elite player when everybody knows the ball is going to go your way, but yet they can't do a dang thing about it. Uh, and I tell you, that that's so empowering uh, as a player, too. So uh, almost 2,000 yards, 13.4 yards per reception, 16 touchdowns. Uh, it really is incredible uh, at the top of the, this list right now with these players. So a question about um, – I wanted to go further down the list real quick. Go back to number six, Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs. Yeah. How much does the loss of Brian Dable – affect that and how does that scheme change for them? Because Dable, I think you can credit a lot for Josh sure. Allen's development and the way that this offense and the way he used Diggs was pretty incredible. And now he's over in New York. Yeah, I mean, you have continuity. Dorsey's still there. Yeah. Uh, he played quarterback. And so I think Josh Allen is at the point of his career now too where he's going to tell them what he wants to do, mm-hmm. right? And so quarterbacks do that. And that's why they meet with these coordinators so often. It's like, I really like this play here or whatever you're going to send in. Uh, okay, I can adapt and I can change the play if I need to, or I can elevate the play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Josh Allen is at. So I don't think there's going to be a drop-off. I mean, 
uh, play calling ability, certainly uh, I think Dable elevated himself to a head coaching spot. Uh, but when you have a quarterback the caliber of uh, Josh Allen, think about any elite quarterback that's had a lot of coordinators and there wasn't any drop-off. Yeah. Because those coordinators will ask that quarterback, what do you like? <laughs> what do you want to do? And, and I think that's in place there for Buffalo. I like it. All right. So top 20 wide receiver rankings. Uh, I will say Keenan Allen, snub. No, I mean, I don't know. I just want to pick a list, but. You know what? Uh, he was in my others category. Yeah, though. outside yeah. looking in, huh? I, well, Always good no, to he's, a, he's a great player, but he really is. A, uh, I, I think he should be a third option at this point. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, Herbert makes him better, though. Herbert, I yeah. will say, there's guys that I always admit when I'm wrong. I didn't think Herbert was going to be that good. He looks like he is the real deal. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to on the other side. We get to some of these divisional series that we can discuss in the National Football League and coming up in a, just over 15, Aloof and Akara. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Lombardi Line rolls on here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, so... We talked about individual positions, wide receivers, uh, great list, of course, and rankings from Pritch. 
So Michael Pittman should be number one. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some of these teams in these series. And again, played your divisional opponent twice. So mm-hmm. these are series technically. Um, we'll start in the AFC West, the more fascinating division in this year. And with a more fascinating team, which would be the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. So uh, these are up at multiple spots and you can find some unique prophecy. This is a cool thing about sports betting expansion. You get a lot of unique stuff up on the board. So for example, uh, we have an index prop, how the series plays out series tied one, one chargers, win it two nothing Broncos, win it two nothing and either game ends in a tie. And this is talking about uh, 25 to one on that last one, plus three fifty for the Broncos to sweep two to one for the chargers to sweep and minus one of five odds on favor that the series is tied through two games. So I will ask you this. We'll start from the Broncos perspective. Your expectations for Denver are what? Because I think they're good, mm-hmm. but I have this exercise that we do. It's like what's called market power ratings, right? And I did it on Sunday where you calculate home field, however you want to gauge it. I gauge it at one point because it okay. hasn't been worth that much the last few years. And you can put on a sheet essentially where the market rates these teams. And if you do it in that way, the betting market believes the Broncos are fifth, sixth best team in the National Football League. That seems pretty strong from my standpoint. Mm-hmm. So what are your expectations for Russell Wilson in Denver at this point? Well, I'll start with the uh, home field advantage. I, I think it returns. Uh, I think maybe you can factor in home field advantage because of Russell Wilson and impact. Um, it, it's one of the better home field advantages in the National Football League. Haven't played there, haven't played against them. Uh, and and you think about the excitement level right now for the Broncos in Broncos country. Uh, it's it's through the roof. At the uh, beginning of the year, too, right? By right. the way, I mean, for, for years, the Broncos always got, like, what, three of their first four games at home. Oh, yeah. And teams are coming in, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, it's the first week of football. Sure. And you're, like, stuck in wind. Stuck in wind. That altitude is real. That first quarter, uh, you'll be on the oxygen. Um, but, uh, yeah, when Peyton Manning got there, I mean, the home field advantage returned after Elway. Uh, and then certainly after Peyton Manning, they just haven't really had the home field advantage because fans weren't showing up. Yeah. Uh, they were not showing up. But I think they'll show up in force not only for the Broncos at home, but on the road, too. So factor in the Chargers, zero home field advantage, I would think, yep. in L.A. Uh, the Broncos fans will travel. So I, I think you'll see a little bit more excitement right there. I don't know if how much of a boost that's going to help this team. I, it's a young squad offensively. Uh, they have a right tackle issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the running game is going to be sound, but then Russell's going to elevate uh, those younger players. And then defensively, no Vic Fangio, but yet that defense – I tell you what, uh, it's it's one of the better red zone defenses I saw last year. Uh, and then on top of that, just points allowed in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we were in top five, I want to say, in terms of points allowed as a defense last year. So the recipe is there. Can it come all together with Hackett now as a as a, as a head coach and, and certainly uh, Russell Wilson, that combination? But uh, Russell gives this team a chance, though. I mean, the other thing that I think is really interesting about Denver I think a lot of people look at them and think defense, but if you look at some metrics, mm-hmm. uh, like football outsiders, DVOA metric, for example, in the mid-20s in terms of their pass defense, right. uh, from a coverage grade standpoint over at PFF, 60.1, that was the 12th worst grade mm-hmm. in the National Football League. Uh, that's what I'd be curious about because not only the series that we're talking about, but the AFC West in general, we talk about the quarterbacks in that division, the passing attacks in that division, you know, a team like Denver, and all of these teams, by the way, actually rated pretty poorly in terms of pass coverage, right. which is why I find this division so fascinating because you can make an argument that a lot of these defenses, especially on the back end, are very weak, yeah. and you have some elite passing attacks that they're going to be facing. Denver taking on Justin Herbert and just in general what you expect from their secondary. Well, one of the things, uh, JVT, and great point, um, is it's easier – it's probably the easiest point ever in the National Football League to move the ball between the 20s. Yeah. And therefore, scat, stats can get skewed. 
what stands out to me is what teams are able to do in the red zone using the back end, too. And so the Broncos, third in the National Football League in points allowed mm-hmm. last year. If you can understand that about your team and then limit big plays. Yeah. Okay, sure, they can move the ball, but they get into the red zone. It's going to be very, very tough for them to Patriots score. Patriots last year, famously, very good red zone defense. They would get let you get there, then you were getting nothing. Right, yeah. right. So I, I think you understand who you are and what you are as a team, uh, but then you try to take away big plays, mm-hmm. right? Are we going to be consistently trying to stop and force three and outs? Probably we're not that type of defense, but we're, we are that type of defense in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And if we can limit big plays, then we have a chance to win football games. All right, what do you make? Uh, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. We brought yep. this up with Michael Pittman. Uh, Colts and Titans. Titans are – they're an interesting team. I mean, mm-hmm. they're a team that uh, last year – actually, each of the last few years has outperformed uh, some of their statistical outputs. Um, it seems a team that – you want to call falling apart of the seams, but potentially moving on a quarterback noise there. Uh, we know what happened in terms of sh- um, moving off of A.J. Brown and everything. Uh, what this team is now this season is going to be pretty fascinating, and now you have the Colts who have revamped everything. But it's the AFC South, and yeah. I know it's football, but especially in the AFC South, there is not much separating these teams – when they play one another in that division. Colts have won in Jacksonville since 2014. <laughs> so you kind of get that idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really mystifying, really, when you think about it that way. I mean, the Colts had a chance to make the playoffs and just couldn't get it done. And that irked Ursay. Uh, that's why he moved off of Carson Wentz uh, mm-hmm. emphatically that way. So I, I think the Titans, they're, they're just not going to be the same team. I mean, I love Derrick Henry, but the injuries are starting to happen now. It's kind of like Christian McCaffrey, uh, two seasons back-to-back where you have injuries and uh, maybe that's the writing on the wall for Derrick Henry a little bit because what else do they have? I mean, uh, I don't think Tannehill uh, raises the level of players around him. Uh, if you surround him like they did last year with great players, he still can't get the job done. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think the Titans, certainly their identity is going to be uh, identity is going to be on defense. Uh, and, and so can they rely upon that for 17 games? And then you got the Colts, which I think from a structure standpoint, Probably the best-built team in the National Football League, mm-hmm. inside out, offensive line, defensive line, built the right way. They got a new D coordinator, uh, Gus Bradley. Is to I think that system's going to be perfect for what they have up front defensively. And then Matt Ryan. I mean, if Matt Ryan can be steady out there, not make a ton of mistakes, and and believe in his team around him, he's got some playmakers too. So uh, I, I like the Colts this year. I, the Colts at plus two sixty. Uh, to to sweep this series matchup looks interesting to me right now. And I will say this, um, to kind of along to that point, week seven, a home game for the uh, Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. um, and I believe they're coming off of a bye, would be the perfect time to break in a rookie quarterback, potentially, ah, right? I mean, we'll see how, how the season's going sure, along, but sure. Tannehill, you kind of alluded to it, right, is – it has been statistically declining each of the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. Turnover-worthy plays were a big thing for him last right. year. He kept committing them. And then if you get to if you get to your bye week and you're like 500, below 500, you're mm-hmm. kind of middling around, your offense has nothing, why not pull the trigger and go to the guy who – and we'll see how Malik Willis plays, right, in terms of offseason, preseason, all that kind of stuff. But if he's making noise in terms of practice, why wouldn't you see a rookie quarterback right. in the Indianapolis Colts? Well, week he's lame duck too, right? Yep. Last year of his contract – or I don't know if – no guaranteed money – so what gets interesting to me, because nobody's really talked about this, I don't think, is if Garoppolo's released as a player, yeah. if you're Garoppolo, which team would you be zeroing in on? Say, hey, I can, I can be a starter there. Yeah, It would be Tennessee, right? Yeah. I mean, because you got the rookie that you feel pretty good about. Okay, wait a minute, he's maybe a couple years away. But if Garoppolo gets released and he has a choice on where he could go to kind of compete 
uh, to get a starting job again, perhaps is Tennessee. The starting job and a team that is, there is, if they get viable quarterback play, a path to a division title potentially right. in the playoffs, and that would be Tennessee if they get it. And it would be interesting because he keeps getting tied to um, Seattle, Seattle mm-hmm. right? And uh, they believe in themselves, obviously. They're saying all the right things, and why wouldn't you? But uh, not really sure I believe that's going to be the case for them. So we talk Chargers, Broncos, Colts, Titans. Uh, let's go to Bucks, Saints. My guilty pleasure, Jameis Winston. Right. Um, I think when you look at this roster overall for the New Orleans Saints, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent there. We know how good they can be defensively. I, I believe in Jameis Winston, if he's going to stay healthy, that he's got an opportunity here to be pretty solid. Uh, for the New Orleans Saints, and the weapons around him are really solid, too. What do you make of this series? Because, again, kind of like uh, a lot of these divisions, this divisional matchup has been uh, pretty interesting for the Bucks since right. Tom Brady has gotten there. So the Saints uh, did not make the playoffs last year, but they did sweep Tampa Bay last year. Right. Right? Uh, and Jameis, I don't think it was in both games. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Yeah. yeah. Double check so, on that. Yeah, so Dennis Allen uh, and Tom Brady, if you look at him, he has defeated every team in the National Football League Um in terms of a winning record against that team, except for the Saints. Is he over against Saints in the regular season? Uh, I want to as say a Buccaneer. Yeah, yeah. As, a Buccane- as a Buccaneer for sure. But in his career, I think he's got yeah. a losing record against the Saints. And, you know, Dennis Allen is a big part of that. Now he's a head coach. Uh, I, I think the Saints have a playoff caliber uh, defense for sure. Now, offensively, Jameis Winston, he has a chance to make a uh, win comeback player of the year. I kind of highlighted that uh, if you're betting the Saints this year, he's plus 500, second best yeah. odds for comeback player of the year. And I agree with you. Five and two before injury, um, they were out of out of sorts to begin the season last year because of the hurricane damage to their facility. They were on the road, they're practicing, and yet Jameis Winston, he's a natural leader. He's a natural leader, and I think when you took him away from the Saints, they were missing something. They lost five in a row, but then the last five games of the year, they go four and one, mm-hmm. uh, and that's without quarterback. So I agree with you. I, I think there's a lot of upside potentially there. Uh, for the Saints. Watch out for Kamara, though, yeah. on that suspension. Got to eat that W, right? <laughs> Jameis right. Winston. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll come back. Lou Finacaro is going to join us. We have a fight card to discuss with Gam Blue when we return on the Lombardi line. VEASAN Summer Specials here. Only 19 bucks gets you everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets. That includes Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball bets, bet, best of bets. I can get through it. NFL preseason coverage, premium articles in golf, UFC and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Spread Weekly, YouTube of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want. It costs only 19 bucks to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now, VEASAN.com slash summer. We welcome in you to the Lombardi line. Mike Pritchard, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Lou Fittacaro. Nice enough to give us some time. We have a, uh, a fight card to get ready for in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. But first, Lou, a little birdie tells me that you have, and I know you do, NFL opinions. We were discussing the NFC West. Uh, their receiver, of course, Cooper Cup. Mike Pritchard believes the best receiver in football. You have an opinion on the Los Angeles Rams in their 2022 season, sir. I sure do. And first of all, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It's nice to have you in the mix, JVT. I often get to speak with Mike, but it is NFL season. Uh, To me, a total that uh, sticks out a little bit is the Rams coming off that Super Bowl. And it's tough for any team coming off a Super Bowl, but to be in L.A., I think that compounds things. And now you look at what they've lost, and there has been some attrition on the 
between Von Miller and uh, Woods, the wide receiver. More importantly, if you look at the offensive line, I see that, you know, they have 15th spending, excuse me, 25th spending on the offensive line. And last year, that offensive line really overachieved for the Rams. And now they lose Whitworth to retirement and Colbert uh, on an exodus to another team. So I think that when you look at the Rams, what they've been through, I look at that offensive line and then I realize that they have the second hardest strength of schedule this year when you compare that to season total wins. And then there are three different instances where the Rams go back to back on the road. Now the travel isn't so bad, but the schedule is brutal. They totally step up and have to face the AFC West after facing last year, the AFC South. So their schedule gets tougher, as we all know, for a Super Bowl favorite. I think there's some attrition on that offensive line, which I grade high, especially with a running back core that is low ranked. And so I, for, for all those reasons, a tough competitive NFC West, I, I see uh, the Rams is not achieving that 10 and a half. And I actually like the prop you can find under nine and a half at plus 185. I, I think the Rams regress. All right. I like it. I was actually, yeah. I would agree with the sentiment going under their win total too. And um, you talk about some of their lack of depth and everything. Edge rusher for me, Lou, is a really big concern for that team as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But under the win total and, in, and under the alternate win total of nine and a half for Lou Finicaro. All right. Uh, UFC. Let's talk a little bit of fight night here. We get Blades and Aspinall on the main card. Let's talk about this main bout first. Curtis Blades, one of my favorite fighters. Love watching him. Coming off consecutive victories after getting knocked out by Derek Lewis all the way back in February 2021. Finds himself as a small underdog here against Tom Aspinall. What do you make of this matchup? Well, it's a it's a fascinating matchup. Aspinall uh, is an inch taller, but he's leaner and quicker and more adroit at 29 uh, than a little bit more deliberate Curtis Blades with all those wrestling chops. To me, what's important is the opening number, Blades minus 130. I believe that is a correct handicap even in London. Now, we know it's in London, and so the London uh, the Europeans are going to affect this number, especially as we get closer to the fight. As well, overall, the public loves a new story at heavyweight. Uh, Blades has been finished only three times, that's, and he's only had three losses, uh, twice to Nagano, once to the Black Beast. Uh, to me, I think this is a PhD in MMA fight where Blades will award Aspinall his PhD in MMA. Aspinall, a guy that's not been past the second round in his professional career. You know, Lou, when you're looking at these fights, too, I mean, obviously style makes fights, uh, but... Uh, for instance, that first fight you just talked about, Blades and Aspinall. I mean, uh, Blades can strike uh, as well as Russell, certainly. But uh, tactical, uh, uh, you're looking at those situations. This next fight, Hermanson uh, and Chris Curtis, I mean, it's minus 110 either way. Like, what separates you? What stat, if there is one, kind of separates or, or you or, or leads you to a decision uh, when you see a matchup like this, Hermanson and Curtis? Uh, it's a great question, Mike, but I try and use layers in research in this particular fight. Again, opening number was Hermanson minus 130, and, and they gobbled up Curtis quickly to make that closer to a pick. Curtis is a guy that recently got to the UFC, and before he did, he fought at 170. 
in his best, he's a 175 pound fighter. This fight happens to be at 85 and he's fighting a legit guy at 85. That's going to be longer and taller than him and a much more complete fighter than he's seen thus far in his UFC run. So for those reasons, uh, I think that Hermanson, uh, who's going to have the home crowd in his favor, I think he's getting a little overlooked in this spot and uh, haven't come to a firm grip yet, but I do lean Hermanson here. All right, Lou, let's go on the, uh, the third fight on this main card here. Uh, lightweight bout, Patty Pimblett and Jordan Levitt. And I know you wrote this up uh, up on the website, vison.com and for Point Spread Weekly. Uh, so walk us through this lightweight bout and what you expect to happen here. Pimlet has dynamic uh, magnetism, and so uh, the UFC sees that and wants to strike lightning in the bottle and use him a la Connor for uh, the hordes to get behind him and tune in, and that's what's going to happen this week. And his handlers have been really great at picking perfect opponents for him, but I think they picked a, a more dangerous opponent for him than they thought. Levitt is is a unusual guy, fights out of Vegas. He's, he's quirky, but he's well-rounded and he's a BJJ savant uh, while Patty will be the more powerful guy and he'll be heavier on top. If this fight goes to the floor, I look for Levitt to compete more than well. And I like Levitt a little bit in this spot against a guy that is being propped on his magnetism and, and his ability to draw fans, not maybe necessarily the ability to fight. So, Lou, I know you, and when you talk about your handicapping of fights, the one thing I've learned about you, weigh-ins are very important here. Uh, so what do you, is there any other fighter or bout here that you're waiting for weigh-ins to make an opinion on? Mostly I wait for the, uh, I wait for the weigh-ins to see if anyone's struggling in this particular card. Really the thing that I'll look for is that the Europeans, the, especially the Brits, they'll be on the scale early and often, which of the traveling fighters is late to the scale. That's a tell that the travel and everything is all uh, layered up and there could be issues in performance. All right, let's go to another bout that uh, has piqued my interest here a little bit. Your thoughts. Uh, Volkan Uzdemir comes in on this on a uh, two-bout slide. Got knocked out, what, two fights ago. Lost by decision last back, uh, last time out at UFC 267. What do you make of his form? And in this matchup here against Paul Craig, I think he is uh, a decent-sized favorite, about a minus 160, depending on where you shot. Yeah, Ozdemir's the favorite. Yep. And uh, it, it started a tighter-lined fight when – Craig got to plus 150. I actually released him because I thought that number is just a little out of whack. Ozdemir's a great striker, but has been subbed. Craig is a great submission artist, but doesn't like to strike. He's awkward on the feet and not talented, to be quite honest with you. It's going to be one man's specialty against the other. I'll say this for Ozdemir. He went to Sweden. He's a Swiss fighter, left his camp, went to Sweden to train with uh, Chemayev and Gustafsson, who's also on this card. So he's serious. He wants to win. It's the styles make fights is ultimate in this. I lean to Craig beat based on on momentum and size. All right, what about some of these prelim fights? Uh, I know you know every single one of these. A fight that we should be on the lookout here and some of the uh, deeper deeper in the card before the sexy fights hit us late night. 
Yeah, I hate to say it, but it's Americani against Pierce because Pierce yeah. uh, lives in Phoenix and trains here. But he can make mental mistakes on the ground, and Americani, all he has is uh, submission ability. So if Pierce makes a mistake and goes to the ground with Americani, a big dog, Americani could submit him. And so for that reason, that's a that's a live dog to keep an eye out. Yeah, right now we got the price uh, up there for Americani plus one seventy. Jonathan Pierce uh, up on BetMGM minus. 200. All right, Lou. Hey, before we get you out of here, what's the uh, off season uh, look like for you in terms of get ready for the football season? Because uh, we are just weeks away from the preseason starting in the national football league. Yeah, I, I subscribe to the Warren Sharp. I'm not an advertiser for the guy, but his work on 20 pages a team is comprehensive. And I read that in July. And then basically in August, I take it from there and move ahead with positions and investments. Lou, it's good to talk to you, man. When you're making your way back out here. Very soon, next week or so, I'll see you all. And uh, I appreciate, again, JVT, uh, you and Mike having me on. Good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you very much. Dan Blue, and again, check out all those uh, works in Point Spread Weekly. The write-ups are up there and uh, updates, too, after uh, after weigh-ins, which will come a little bit later. About business week. podcast, too, right? Oh, yeah, there yep. you go. See, yep. see, there, there we go. Man, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's why Pritch is here. All right, uh, we'll take our break here on the other side. Uh, I have actually, I have two win total bets that I made in Major League Baseball that okay. I've been sweating out. I think we're off to some pretty good starts after the first half is in the books. So we'll talk about that, how those two teams project, and what some of these other win totals are looking like and what we're looking uh, for when we get to the win totals in this second half of the Major League Baseball season. We can tie in some of the stuff we talked about Steve Mackinan as well because there are some guys and some teams, I should say, that look like they're heading in one direction or the other. It's the Lombardi line here on v This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into BetMGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with the BetMGM app today or log on. Get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Closing it out here on the Lombardi line. Uh, I tease baseball. We're going to get to that momentarily, but something did come across um, actually, you know what? This is a good question for you. Mm-hmm. I always ask this to people. When was the last time? Cause something came across, right? That phrase comes from the ticker at the bottom, right? When was the last time that news was broken to you on the ticker at the bottom of the screen? Oh man. Um, cause I know mine, the last time shoot, I can't remember. Mine was Andrew Luck's retirement. That was a ticker. I was, I was watching Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It was like a Hawaii football game. And like, you know what I mean? And on the bottom, yeah. like the red flashes and it's it. And I'm like, oh, what is this? It's probably like a score or something. Cause right. Fox, Fox says that all the time. It's like breaking news. It's just a final score. And then it was like, Andrew Luck retiring from football. See the ticker is normally late though. Like if you check Twitter yeah. repeatedly or something like that, it's going to be out there that way. Yeah. Or so text. I was totally unplugged. I was watching it. You're right. Like, cause right. I was putting the right one. Well, it's funny. Cause then I checked my phone and I've got like text messages mm-hmm. checking up on me. See if I'm okay. You know, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So <laughs> of that's last time I bring that up because the ticker just uh, put something up that stuck out to me. It's worth updating uh, that it is believed and being reported that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be cleared for physical activity by the time August comes around. Okay. So we were talking about his potential uh, in terms of landing spots, what the 49ers do with him. So I thought that was definitely worth bringing up. And now we get a little bit more because I think part of, some would say mm-hmm. part of what's holding teams back from acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo shipping off assets, not only $24 million price tag, $25 right. million price tag, the health of the shoulder being reported that, of course, the shoulder should be fine by the time we get to August. Well, you think uh, teams are going into the season understanding who their quarterback's going to be. So with that in mind, would you actually trade and give up assets or, or anything for Garoppolo? Or would you just wait it out to see if San Francisco would, in fact, release the guy? Because if you trade for him, you're going to absorb that salary. Right. But if you wait for him to be released, okay, now you can negotiate a salary. So I'm trying to think. So what was it? Baker Mayfield got a fifth and a seventh. Is that? Am I right on that? Mm, double sounds about right. Yeah, sounds some, about right. Somewhere in that range. I mean, you and would assume. Cut. And right, right. You would assume that. I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? If you're going to give up assets, it's not going to be that much. And you would also assume that that the team that you're getting it from San Francisco is going right. to eat some of that $24 million. I mean, you would, I would think you try to work that out at mm-hmm. least. Um because again, like I, because you mentioned in Lombardi, I played a clip from uh, Michael Lombardi, namesake of this program on Sunday. We were doing the football show, and as Lombardi pointed out, there's almost like a timeline here where there is a path in which they release him. Right. Like so, if you're Seattle, if you're um, Cleveland, even if you're uh, Tennessee, the mm-hmm. team that you mentioned, if you want him, 
why not just put the onus on San Francisco to do something about this instead of shipping off stuff to go potentially get him and then just grab him on the market if right. that's going to be the case. And also on top of that, too, I mean, if you're John Lynch, you understand the dynamic here that's working uh, in, in your favor and against you. Uh, and maybe you owe something to Garoppolo, maybe you don't, or maybe you feel in, inclined to. Um, what's the best solution for Garoppolo? I mean, if you're Garoppolo, do you ask for a release mm-hmm. as opposed to being trade? Because therefore, I can go out and look right. for the best situation. But, you know, if you got teams trading for me, like say it's Seattle mm-hmm. and you got Drew Locke, um, and is it Geno still up there, I believe? Yep. Okay, that situation, yeah, maybe I can beat out Drew Locke in training camp uh, after surgery. Uh, or, you know, is that long-term? Or, or can I land in a spot that might be long-term, you know, and, and maybe more advantageous for me? So uh, those discussions, I think, are taking place right now, at least for Garoppolo and his camp. Yep. Uh, we'll see what San Francisco does with that asset, though. So we'll see where he ultimately ends up. It, it is, like, pretty much the last shoe to drop outside mm-hmm. of, of course, what's going on with Deshaun Watson right. and, and what's going to happen there. But uh, Cleveland is, uh, you would think, sitting back and waiting because if he gets suspended for a long time and Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available – I'm a Jacoby Brissett guy, but I think you want to try to maximize your roster. Jimmy Garoppolo might make a little bit more sense, but here's the thing. Like, if you look at some of his numbers from last year, mm-hmm. like the turnover-worthy plays and, like, the, those kind of things, right. I know they made it to the NFC Championship game, but that's they were still – you watch Jimmy Garoppolo play sometimes, you're like, bro, what, yeah. are, we, what are we doing sometimes? I know, you know, I know, I know. What do you do, though, if uh, Mayor Kay Cabot had uh, uh, Deshaun Watson probably feeling like he's going to see some games this year? yeah. And that's because, so, and if you're San Francisco, that's why it goes back right. to Cleveland. You're not you're not shipping off assets to get a guy at that price tag that's mm-hmm. going to play six, eight games mm-hmm. for you, and then you shipped over to Watson. Yeah. And that's why in that same report that you're referencing, she slugged it as getting quarterback depth. The problem is it's Mike Glennon, AJ McCarron, right. like the quarterbacks that are available right now are awful. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty interesting. But you're right if it, if it goes that direction because the league wants and is reportedly pushing for. Full year, kind of like Calvin Ridley. Uh, it, you know, what's the word they use? Indefinite suspension mm-hmm. and then reinstatement potentially at the end of the year. But it does seem like the PA is going to push back and maybe get him back at some point this year. Right. And I just think it doesn't really make that much sense for Cleveland if that's going to be the case no. to go get Jimmy. No, a lawsuit is probably going to already be in place too from mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson and his camp. Yeah, the other team was the Texans too, by the way. Ooh. Why would you do that if you're the Texans? I mean, they're in tank mode, right? Right, that's what I'm saying. And- CJ Stroud or, or Bryce. A young or somebody like that. Well, and, yeah, and that's the other thing too is because they're going with Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. If you're the Texans, it yeah. makes all the sense in the world to say, Let's "See what we got here." Right. Uh, two things are going to happen that work out for both of us, right? Like one, Davis Mills is going to hit. He's actually going to be a good quarterback. And we got our guy. Mm-hmm. Or number two, he's going to be awful, and we're going to have a high. You know what right. I mean? Like, there's no reason for Jimmy I'll, for them to go get Jimmy. Rowe. I'll go with awful because that's why you draft a cornerback. Yeah. Third overall was it third overall? They drafted yeah. a cornerback. Yep. yep, exactly. I mean, that that tells me that's they're they're in tank mode. Yep. All right, so with that, we move uh, we move on. Talked a little bit about uh, Major League Baseball win totals because we're at that point now as we head uh, into the second half of the year for Major League Baseball uh, that this is the focus now as a lot of us do have win totals that are sitting back and we want to sit and sweat these bad boys mm-hmm. out. Um, I will say, so I've got two win totals, okay. uh, Pritch. I've got, and they're both unders, San Francisco uh, under their win total, and uh, they're right in line uh, mm. with what's going to happen there. San Francisco, I think I got them uh, under 85 and a half. Okay. Projected record by 538. Looks like it's going to be 85. Uh, and the other that I feel very good about, the Detroit Tigers. We'll see if that's going to be the case. Uh, but on a good trend right now, the Tigers are 37 and 55 to go under their win total. They got bet up like crazy. Mm. Uh, the Tigers closed at 78 and a half. There are a lot of people that believed in this Tigers team and ultimately not the case. So they look like they're projected to go under here. But I think when you look across the board at some of these interesting win totals from a preseason standpoint and where these teams are trending, 
the one team that, like, that I think we should start with and bringing up, like a team like Chicago. And what this second half is going to look like from a bounce-back standpoint, they were, like, riddled with injuries at the beginning of the year. They're one of the more disappointing teams. One, mm-hmm. preseason win total of 92 and a half, and they're sitting at 46 and 46. It's a team that is talented and much better than they've shown. And if they make that push, like Steve Mackinnon was talking about in this second half of the year, you wonder if they're going to make this a little bit more feisty in terms of getting to that 92 and a half win mark. That seems like it's going to be a stretch. Uh, 538 projections are at 86 and 76. It would have to be a near perfect second half for the White Sox to get there. Seemed like they're locked into under 92 and a half, but crazier things have happened. Right, right, right. I mean, I think uh, from a divisional standpoint, uh, that pressure too could they could succumb to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team that's already underachieving. I've heard from so many experts too in terms of uh, if they got rid of La Russa, they, they would start going to bet uh, the White Sox right now. Right. We've seen Toronto make the change. We've seen Philly make the change. Uh, but uh, the, reluct- the reluctancy right now for Chicago uh, to make that change, it's kind of baffling. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if that's what Chicago needs. I mean, some people can say his health. Uh, you know, they got rid of Dallas Keuchel. And, and so you think about from a rotation standpoint, are they sound there? Lance Lynn, older, yeah. uh, Giolito, not Coming playing. Up, injured, big guy. Injury, big guy. <laughs> they got some big pitchers. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's a wild card to me. I don't know if the Twins can hang on. Um, the Guardians, too, inconsistent, too, so far this year. So from a divisional standpoint, uh, I, I don't know so much of a, of a win total, but from a divisional standpoint, there's going to be a lot of pressure right there uh, for the White Sox in the second half. So uh, there was rumblings. I saw this on MLB uh, rumblings about will they be sellers? Yeah. Right. That's how much they've underachieved team meetings and all this stuff. Too, I would think them. that's not the case. Yeah, I, I absolutely. But you mentioned the division. That's mm-hmm. a win. That's an achievable goal for them at this point. Right. Well, yeah, Toronto, so, though, in a race for the wild card. But yet they just jettisoned their manager, though. Yep. Well, and I, mean, I think. When you jettison your manager, I would assume that's a move that says we think we're better than we're we're, we're projecting at this point right mm-hmm. now. We need to make a change to maximize what we have at this point too. Right, so right. The other fascinating team, the preseason win total is a little misleading for Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, seventy three and a half. But I mean, I think what what did, what did this win total close at in the range of like the fifties or something? I, mean, I might be selling that a little too much, but regardless, this is a team where a lot of people thought like I'm betting under thirty five and a half <laughs> for that right. win total, and they're sitting at thirty four wins already. Um, how the Reds push for their closing win total in some spots is going to be pretty fascinating because that was a team people were getting. They were I, I know multiple handicappers who have about like ten win total mm-hmm. bets on the Cincinnati Reds at different unders on their win total. They're not the Orioles. Uh, I mean, no, fam can are, be moved. Yep. I mean, they got some players on that roster that can yep. still be moved though. Actually, the Orioles, that's a good point, too, because yeah. the Orioles, 46 and 46, win right. total of 62 and a half. Mm-hmm. Look like they are destined to go over that win total. All right. It's fun, dude. Yeah, it was. Yep. Blast. I love doing it with you. You too. Absolutely. Back to UNLV football days. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Pritch will be back, what, in an hour? Back in an hour. Okay. So, betting across America coming up in an hour. Uh, odds on is coming up next. I'll be back in two hours for the edge. Until then, hit up Visa.com. It's Wednesday, which means Points Spread Weekly is out. And remember, in a week, College Football Betting Guide is out as well. We'll see you. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.